All right, all right. Welcome to the Jeans Mealtime Book Club podcast. Oh, yes. Today, we're going to be reading about all kinds of good things to eat. Yes. You're going to read us a passage of your poem book. Is that correct? I am. I am. We, we recently did a survey of uh, some of our clients on our website about what kinds of content they would like to see. And uh, 0.003% voted for uh, my sonnets. So there you go. You're good at haikus, which are which are good. I, I actually I was doing like a hundred haiku a day, of like about ten years ago, but yeah, that got exhausting pretty quickly. <laughs> There's only so many haiku you can write about uh, Indian restaurants and robots. <laughs> wow. wow! All right. So today, let's get into this. Like, so your 48th birthday was like about six months ago, and you walked 48 kilometers that day. That's correct. So like a out, psycho. Yeah. So we, we figured out the math there. That's 30 miles for those of you who don't know. Yeah. 48 kilometers. And I walked that, um, I had to confirm, but it was eight hours and five minutes. So it's pretty good pace, but I wasn't like busting ass. Um, mm-hmm. and the thing is I actually trained up for this. So it wasn't like, I just was like, Hey, I'm just going to go out and walk. Um, the one big takeaway from this well, there's two big takeaways. Um, I could do it. And the other thing was that uh, don't walk on concrete. That's just right. ridiculous. I actually, I had planned, my big plan was to do this. Um, there's a mountain ridge that I love because I love hiking so much. But um, my wife asked me not to do that by myself. Uh, she wanted to uh, make sure that I had a support team just in case something happened. And so I decided to do it in our local park. But the thing is, the paths were all like the, the concrete asphalt kind of thing. And anyway, yeah. while it was wonderful to do it, uh, oh, man, my feet hurt so bad the next day. And not just from the walking, but again, because of the concrete. Right. And that's the thing that like any runner could probably tell you you asphalt is way more forgiving than concrete and then trail is better, of course. But, you know, when you're thinking walking, you don't really realize sometimes that it's exercise, even if you are doing a longer distance walk for Mm -hmm. the for the purpose of exercise. You don't think about these things. So today we're going to talk about walking as exercise uh, because it's something that uh, you love doing that I love doing yes. and it turns out a good number of our clients also really enjoy doing too and I think half of our staff goes for long walks daily mm-hmm. yeah. um, so we're going to talk about why uh, why we like doing this how to scale walking uh, to be very light or a very pretty heavy exercise uh, for people that need it and uh, also how to scale it so that you can always make it be one thing you can rely on as you know, so you just never get to say that you don't have time to exercise. You can always fit in, you know, as long as it's not just completely pouring ass rain out, you know, you can always fit in, you know, a few minutes of walking. And so it's something that's really good for that. So let's get into to it with that was just like, why are we such big fans of walking? Absolutely. And, and one thing too, I want to say it's, it's, uh, you already brought this up, but we're going to be giving uh, two examples of walking. So one example, well, there's three examples. We're going to be talking about like shorter walks. We're going to talk about longer walks. We're also going to talk about weighted walking. So for those of you who are just like, Ugh, walking, we'll be talking about 
heavy carries later in the, in the talk here. So uh, if that floats your boat, hang on, and we will be talking about that. So why should you walk? So there's tons of benefits, and everybody knows this. We're talking about um, heart health, lung health. Um, you know, there are studies showing that it improves the immune system. Uh, big things, to be honest, for me are, are that, of course, but the two big things for me, creative thinking mm-hmm. and then also improving your mood. So these are huge. Uh, you know, Andy, you, both of us, we love walking, and a lot of times we do our walks after some stressful points in our work. Um, maybe, maybe just slight stress. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. And so, like, you know, need to clear your head. Uh, you get out and walk. This is just something that is actually easy to do, um, and it's great because, again, like we said, not just to clear your head, but also like the creative thinking side of things. When there's a particular uh, thing that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, whether it be programming uh, for uh, a new GMB program, uh, my own programming, or anything else that I need to think about, I like to go for a walk. Uh, I don't use, I don't listen to music um, or anything. I I just walk. And um, I do know like that sparks some pretty interesting things uh, when I'm able to just kind of like let it happen naturally without trying to sit in front of a computer and think and write on my notepad or anything like that. I just walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so the studies on walking, of course, uh, reducing anxiety, depression, um, is it a cure-all for everything? Maybe not. But the thing is, um, it is good. And there are a lot of people out there in over you know history, pretty famous people as a matter of fact, who have used walking um, in order to help with their creativity and do the things that we just talked about. So people, you know, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, uh, Aristotle, Henry David Thoreau, one of my favorite, and then also John Muir. Uh, if, by the way, if you happen to be in California, go check out the um, John Muir area, do some hiking and then that, see the redwoods. It's amazing. Um, so walking. So we can just talk about, you know, walking around the city. If you do live in this city, great. Okay. But you're still going to get benefits from that. One thing that I like to do, and I really suggest if you can do this, is to get out into nature. Um, not just the fact of just walking, but the actual um, benefits of being out in nature without music, the sounds, um, it's, it's, it's really going to change um, your mind, like in terms of, <laughs> it will you know, literally change yeah, your mind. Like change your mind. Like um, there's just so many different uh, benefits from that in Japanese. There's a big thing. And this is kind of floating around over the past year. Or so the uh, Shindu Yoku, which um, translates to it's a uh, forest bathing. Um, it's actually not referring specifically to walking. It's just the fact of being in nature, but you know, walking in nature, uh, just like, can't tell you how good that is for everybody to do that. Right. Uh, I will say just quickly, if you are going to go for hiking or anything like that, uh, completely different topic, but always tell someone where you're going and always make sure that you know where you're going. In other words, have a map and uh, just be safe. Okay. So uh, that's the boy scout, the Eagle scout in me coming out and making sure that like, uh, you're doing things right. Um, yeah. And I, I'll also say that, uh, you know, this goes equally for uh, those of us who are hiking in urban areas as well. Uh, I, I have turned down wrong streets in cities before and regretted the decision. So uh, 
you you want to know where you're going and and have an idea of uh, what areas are going to be safe and accessible for you. Absolutely, and and just because we're kind of on this topic, I think this really works well into a concept an idea that we hold dear to our hearts here in GMB, and that is awareness. And so, for example, situational awareness as well as spatial awareness also comes into play. So that's why uh, anytime you're walking and out and about, please don't use your headphones. Please be aware and don't have your head buried in your phone. Please be aware of your surroundings, uh, situational awareness, what's going on around you, Uh, not just for safety, but also for the fact that um, it's good to take note of what's going on around you and um, simply be aware. Okay, so um, let's go into a little bit about like actual walking and some things. Why is it good? And one of the reasons that I love walking so much is that uh, it's not going to drain you. And so while I do like to jump rope a couple times a week, um, even jumping rope I don't do for a very long time. Uh, That can be considered maybe my cardio workout, if you will. Walking to me is one of those things where it can actually energize you when done right, rather than kind of like tearing you down. It's easier on the joints, obviously, Uh, you know, making sure that you're focusing on the proper gait, uh, how you're walking. And just a quick note on that, if I may, is the, the way that I like to I don't teach my kids, but I bring this up with my kids when we're walking is, uh, are you making sound with your feet when your feet are striking the ground? So in other words, um, your, uh, your foot strike, uh, similar to jumping when I teach jumps, can you land quietly without making a noise? Just focusing on that is going to bring better awareness to how you're doing it. And as a matter of fact, it's just going to help improve uh, your posture and your form when you're doing that. Later, you can get into actual different styles of walking that are going to be good for you. But basically, just walk, you know, looking up, looking forward. You know, again, don't look down at your phone or anything. Look forward and take note of if your foot is making any noise when it's striking the ground. So that's really good for that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we could talk about in terms of carriage and posture and gait. Uh, And there's books and courses on this stuff. There are, there are professionals who their entire field of study is walking gait, Mm -hmm. right? This is a thing that you can go really deep on. But if, if you are most people, and if you are beginning to do this, especially, but even if you've already been taking walks, but you, you're just trying to think of how to make it more effective for you as a form of exercise, maybe even outside of cardio, one of the best things you can do in, in terms of paying attention to like your gait and carriage and posture is just the, the things that Ryan just mentioned. One, uh, keep your gaze at level or maybe even slightly above. Uh, if your head is tilted down, it's going to pull your posture forward and it's going to change your gait. Uh, if you're looking at the ground, then it's going to change your experience and awareness of what's around you. But looking up keeps your posture up, right? And the other one is then just you know paying attention to your footfall and trying to have that be light and smooth and maybe if not silent, depending on surface and footwear, you know, fairly quiet and controlled at least. And that will force you uh, subtly to you know, put less pressure on your, your joints and it will actually straighten out your gait and your posture a lot by itself. If you just have your eyes up, which keeps your, your head up 
and focus on uh, quiet footfall, then a lot of those things are going to be, it's really like the 80%. It's going to get you most of the way there as far as a good technique as you would for, for walking. Yeah, exactly. And one other thing, just does it feel good? I mean, I think that's the other thing, you know, it's, it's, you know, like Danny just said, it's, it's, you know, so many different ways that we can look at this, so many different styles, depending on if you're carrying something, if you're not, if you're going for long distance, what, what's the goal, but really does it feel good? And when walking, uh, something I really focus on is not looking at it as exercise. So my walking is not because I need to burn calories or because I'm trying to get my cardio in or anything like that. For me personally, whenever I'm going on a walk, it's for enjoyment. Now, there's going to be benefits, of course, uh, and it's kind of similar to the way that I do things, well, everything here in GMB, where if I'm doing locomotion, I'm doing it for the fun of it. And the things that come out of it are simply byproducts of me enjoying the process. And so that's kind of how I look at this. Now, there are certain things that I do do uh, depending upon that day, and every single day is different. I don't map out my walks or anything like that, except for when I did my very, very long walk because I was trying to focus on pace and I had a specific goal in mind. But now when I'm doing things, I just go out and I walk. And um, usually I I try to aim for just an hour. Uh, During that time though, there's again, some certain things you can do. You can look at tempo. Uh, You can also look at breathing patterns. Now we covered uh, breathing in a whole other podcast, but one thing I like to use is the oxygen advantage. Um, when walking, I'll do this from time to time. It's very simple. Just focus on nasal breathing. And then at certain points during the walk, uh, you can just do a natural exhale and just hold your breath while you continue to walk. Um, it shouldn't be labored in terms of like holding your breath until you pass out. You don't want to get to that point at all. You're just holding your breath for a duration of time and then naturally returning to your breathing pattern through your nose. And then you can just continue doing that. That alone, right. it's really going to change the way that you're walking. Yeah, I mean, it's it's big it, in right. terms of, wow, things just got kind of tough. And, and you haven't even changed your gait pattern. You haven't changed your tempo or anything. Literally, it's just using natural breathing and just holding the exhale and just repeating that. And right. big. So just big. to make that like a quick step-by-step thing for anyone who's never done this before, uh, Definitely listen to that podcast episode, but it's very easy. You walk and then you just focus on breathing through your nose, same regular breathing, but through your nose. And then if you feel good, then exhale and then hold it for a few more steps, then inhale again. And as soon when you return to the feeling where it's natural again, where you can do the same thing, exhale, hold it, walk again. And then you're not trying to force this over and over. You want to return back to where you feel natural and good again. And then you can gradually over time, you can extend the, the length of those holds, right? And that's all you need to do. Yeah, that's any I mean, that. Yeah. And um, I typically only do this when I'm by myself. So if I'm out with the kids and my wife, if we're walking, <laughs> yeah, I don't really do that. But, but this is something I do from time to time. I really enjoy it. Um, for those of you who've heard before, you know that I really, uh, really like Oxygen Advantage. Uh, check it out if you haven't. And um, yeah. That's it for that. Uh, The other thing too, really, I think is rather than maybe just saying, okay, I'm going to go on a walk every day for an hour or something like that. Hey, let's just walk more throughout the day. 
this is very easy for Andy and I to do. If you live in a big, you know, metropolitan area, it might be your standard, you know, every day because you might not have a car. Um, but for those of you who, you know, use your car for everything you do, maybe if you could just try and see about walking a bit more. I'm not asking you to go, you know, walk three miles to the grocery store, carry all your groceries. <laughs> Although that would be a pretty amazing workout. Um, yep. I'm just trying to, you know, say, hey, where are some points during your day where instead of doing this way, maybe you can, can incorporate a bit more walking uh, into your day. An example, um, my parents uh, originally from Wichita, Kansas. They live in Wichita, Kansas, and they drive everywhere. And you kind of have to, right? Yep. But whenever they come to Japan, they always comment. They've been here like – so many times, but they're always just like, oh, we walk so much when we're here. And we're not even, like, sightseeing at all because they've pretty much seen it all. Yeah. It's simply walking to the store, walking around the neighborhood, just, you know, that's it. And so just adding in these yeah, little walks here and there right. really add up over the day. Now, this comes down, you know, there's a big popular thing, you know, get your 10,000 steps in. I think that's great. Uh, again by having a little Fitbit or a watch or even you can track this on your phone, giving you feedback is going to allow you to become more aware of actually how far you are working or part of me walking. And the thing though, I, I think is that similar to like counting calories, if you will, it's good to do that in the beginning to know where you stand and where you might need more calories or even less calories, or in this case, how many steps you're actually taking. But rather than just really focusing on hitting a certain number, if you can instead do what I just mentioned earlier in terms of just trying to walk a bit more each day, you'll find that you will end up getting those steps or maybe even more, and it's a natural way of doing it. And it just becomes, um, you know, a good habit. And so this is yeah. something where, like you, you walk to your office today. Yep. You walk home and you go to the – the cafe and things like that. Same with me. This is just becomes a natural part of your life. So you don't keep having to check your Fitbit to make sure you get in your 10,000 steps each day. Right now, just uh, real quick, like, you know, if you live in the suburbs, this is not a thing that's nearly as easy to do. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can walk around your neighborhood. You can walk to like the park or something maybe, or, uh, you know, uh, a convenience store or something, but it, it might be hard when we say fit it into your life to do without making some excuse to walk. So a couple of things that I've heard from people that have worked for them is uh, get a Bluetooth headset. And if you're on the phone, take a walk. Oh walk, yeah. Walking with somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, another one is uh, you can also uh, subscribe to podcasts for news instead of TV and walk while you listen to the news. Yep. or, uh, you know, audio books, that kind of thing. A lot of people really like, and, you know, we were talking about awareness and not being zoned out listening to something while you walk. But if you're just trying to get started making an excuse, making a reason or a way for yourself to be able to get outside when you don't have a destination, then take advantage of these things, at least for the short term. Uh, and, you know, you can either keep up with them or decide that you don't want to do that anymore. But, you know, find... You know, any, anything where 
you know, you say, well, I don't have all of these things close to my house I can walk to. That's fine. Just walk around your neighborhood and maybe give yourself some other excuse of a thing to be doing while you do it. Phone calls, podcasts, audiobooks, that kind of thing is, that's great. That's still better than just doing those things, you know, sitting in a chair somewhere. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, so just try and walk a bit more during the day. And the other thing though, I, you know, I do like to get in my long walk each week. I mean, that's just me. And this is what I've done for a very long time. I uh, used to be in the form of a, of a hike somewhere. Uh, lately, I haven't been able to do that with the whole COVID thing going on. But I've uh, still been trying to get out now that we can kind of get out and about. And this is where I've been doing this with my kids uh, and my wife. And we'll go out again. It's just an hour. But um, I don't think about pace because obviously – they don't walk as fast as I do. So I have to slow down a bit. And the thing is, is when I'm able to reframe it, instead of thinking, Oh, I got to get my workout in. It's spending time with the family in that, in that case. And so uh, just enjoying being there, being aware of what's going on. And we have some pretty funny conversations along the way too. So um, it's a yep. good kind of family bonding thing. Uh, yeah. So walking, there's so much more we could talk about it, but really, my big thing is just simply do more of it. And yeah. that's really it. Don't think of it about it as exercise. Um, unless really you want to. And in that case, great. Good for you. You know, good on you for doing that. But, you know, just do more of it. And uh, again, it's just a casual enjoyment yeah. sort of thing too. Yeah. So, uh, and you don't need to worry about recovery and things, which are really cool. And that's what I like right. about it. Yeah, there's there's lots of of uh, you know fitnessy reasons to walk, uh, and if that's what you need to motivate you to start doing more walking, then that's cool. But mm-hmm. I think I think beyond that, the fact that walking is enjoyable and just easily doable almost any time, uh, and just a pleasurable thing to do, is one of the things that can can uh, can keep you doing it. You know, so that's what we like to focus on. Um, and I'll just say too, like we, we brought this topic up with our sort of Facebook group podcast yeah. and it was really interesting to see a lot of people also taking long walks. Um, really interesting. A uh, couple people mentioned about, you know, environment and, uh, like when you move from one town to another, maybe it's easy or more difficult to have more walking in your day. Absolutely. Um, also, you know, what's your family situation like? How, if you have kids, how old are they? You know, how much time do you have to be outside alone by yourself? I, I used to strap my daughter on my chest and walk all <laughs> over Honolulu. Yeah, man. Know? Um, but there, there's a lot of things. And, you know, the other one that uh, was brought up was just like this full body integration, like all of your, your joints and muscles and alignment and everything working together and coordinating. It makes it just uh, a really good activity for your body. Uh, so yeah, if, if you've got questions about anything that you're listening to on the podcast and you want us to actually pay attention to them, the best way to have that happen is to join our group on the Facebook and, uh, it's not a passive thing. We ask you to participate. Uh, so you'll have to answer questions. (laughs) I, uh, every week we decline about 25 to, to 30, uh, um, um, uh, requests to join the group from people that don't follow the distri- the instructions. So please pay attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Real quick. So I yeah. know 
people ask me this on Instagram and stuff all the time. Like, what kind of shoes do I wear? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us about your important walking shoes, Ryan. So important. Uh, I'm actually sponsored by this this huge co- – I'm just kidding. No one sponsors me. Um, this is what I have to say about this. Just find some shoes that are comfortable for you. I mean, I – you know, people have asked me, why don't you wear uh, minimalist shoes and things like that? Well, I have to be honest. I mean – after my ankle break, I kind of needed to change uh, things uh, things up. I had a lot of trouble um, wearing minimalist shoes. I used to wear those all the time. Uh, nowadays, uh, I have a little bit of padding in there, but I always have a zero drop sole in my shoe. And it really doesn't matter what I wear. Again, it comes down to what's comfortable for you um, and actually what you like to wear. Um, I do like astral shoes. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of those. Just something I really like. And um, yeah, that's about it. Let's get into... Yeah, also just to say too, like with minimal stuff, if you have to wear uh, clunky, uncomfortable, non-ergonomic shoes for work all day, then yes, minimal shoes might be an excellent thing to think about in terms of being like the opposite of that. Right. But like Ryan and I, especially we're barefoot most of the day. All the time. Yeah. Like, sorry to interrupt. Literally the only time I wear shoes throughout the day, what I can tell you it's, it's not even five minutes because, um, well, unless I'm walking for an extended period of time, but it's going from the gym to home right now. Right. It's five yeah, minutes. That's, that's it. So, so for us, like, why don't we wear minimal shoes? Uh, because there's absolutely no point in spending more money for shoes that look uglier when we wear them for literally the <laughs> one hour a day we're taking a walk. That's right. You know? That's right, so that's actually why I do have walking shoes. And so that's like, if someone sees me wear a certain brand of shoes or something like that, it's, it's specifically because I'm using those because I walk. And so uh, that's it. That is it. Let's move on. Let's talk about a different style of walking. And uh, yes. this loaded walking. Loaded walking, man. Well, man. Oh, I love this. I just, it, it, you know, oh, for years I've just done this. It's not something that we talk a lot about, even at all in GMB, except for like in the podcast. It's not like we have it in our programs or anything like that. But again, this is something that I do and I have done over the years. And something that really I think everyone should do from time to time, and that is just carry heavy shit. So, um, you know, Dan John, uh, I mentioned him numerous times before, but I love this guy. He's got some solid stuff, and pretty much anything he says you can listen to and and, and believe, which I like, uh, which is cool. And he's a big proponent of carrying heavy stuff not just odd objects but just anything and so really the big thing it comes down to is okay so why why should we be carrying heavy stuff and you know what's the benefit of doing this how much should we be doing it and yada 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 so the main thing really is just to kind of like first paint a picture in your head so We've all done this where we went shopping and we bought a lot of stuff. Went to the grocery store and we bought a lot of stuff. And we got to unload the car. We don't want to make two trips. We got to carry everything in one trip. So you load up everything, you grab all your bags. Come on, man. Come on. I'm hanging stuff off my elbow. I've got like two bags tied around my neck. Exactly. Back to the car. Two trips. 
Well, that's, I'm sure we've all done that. And, uh, you know, going into the house, maybe it was only like, I don't even know, like 10 feet maybe, but you know, you're like, holy crap, this is pretty heavy. Thing is though, that's an odd object kind of carry. And this is what we're talking about. Uh, another great example, if you have kids out there, uh, when your kid, you know, falls asleep and you got to carry them to bed or, you know, something like that, boy, I tell you what, that dead weight, if you will, that's pretty heavy or the kid moving around, you know, when you're trying to carry them. So this is a great example of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about carrying stuff. Now, when you actually practice this, because it is a form of practice, skill practice, um, I don't suggest using something that is going to be moving around a lot and that's going to be very awkward in the very beginning. So first, um, learn the skill and get good at it and then gradually ramp up to being able to do heavier stuff. Like everything, again, skill acquisition, start with the foundation and build up. Now, the thing is, why is this good? Um, lots of different reasons. So what's going on here is that this is very different than simply like doing bench press, uh, deadlifts, squats, where it's a very controlled and very, um, for lack of a better term, maybe, oh, let's see, what's a good word, Andy? It's, it's very limited. In terms yeah, you're not moving around, but you're moving, right. but you're not moving around. And so you're that's moving the, one part of your body or a, a certain system of joints, but not the rest of the body as much, right? Yeah. And it's moving in a very straight line within a very tight, bound, bounded uh, path, right? Nice. So what you're getting is your resistance is really only targeting one sort of set of muscles and joints, mm -hmm. which is, you know, also in bodybuilding, I mean, there's variations on the bench press that are designed to even more tightly target that, right? That's kind of what you're trying to do. But when you're carrying a load and walking, what you're doing is you're, that load is moving in ways that impact all of your joints. It's, it's your grip, your forearm, your elbow, your shoulder. Uh, the shoulder is connected to the spine bone, connected to the hip bone, connected down through into the ankle bones. It's like, but everything is being impacted by the movement of that load. And the movement of your body as you carry the load. So it's not a linear thing. It's not limited to just a, a small subset system of your joints. Thank you. Yeah, having a lot of brain farts today. So thanks for jumping in there. So Too many brain beans. Brain beans. <laughs> um, locomotion. This is what we're talking about here, okay? Yep. Uh, and so, you know, while under load, that's what it is. And... The time under tension is also another factor here. So it's not, again, simply uh, going through a single plane of motion and repeating a particular exercise. Yes, you might. You're walking. You're repeating the exercise in terms of locomotion. But the fact that you're having to hold on to something and uh, focus on posture, focus on gait, focus on gaze while holding, squeezing, raising you know, having one thing on the side, you're going to be taxing, you know, your cardio, breathing is going to be tough. Really everything coming into play here is wonderful. And so uh, core strength as well is phenomenal. Absolutely. The big, the big thing about this, and I don't like saying this because I think everything is functional, but 
this to me really is a great carryover for everything in life. And so, you know, going into kind of what we're going to be talking about, there are different ways of practicing this thing that can be directly related to the certain things that you need in your life. So, for example, um, you know, practicing uh, the, the farmer carries, okay, could be something. So, basically, the way to think about this is you simply have um, equal weights in both hands and you walk. So, you could have two 25-pound dumbbells plates, kettlebells, it doesn't matter. You've got equal weight on both sides and you walk. Okay. Two sacks of Hormel chunky Franks and beans. Hell yes. You know, it could be two bags of groceries semi-equally, you know, on site. But see, that's the carryover that I'm getting at. And so it's not just like, okay, we're just going to lift this stuff because we're trying to get bigger muscles or we're trying to do X. It's, it's truly – going to carry over to everything that you're doing in life. Another example, for example, are the suitcase carries. So instead of holding on, you know, with both hands, only one hand is holding on to something. So now what's going on? Well, you have to make an adjustment in your body. And so you have to focus on what's going on with your shoulder on that one side. You have to pack that shoulder to make sure that you're able to actually hold it without your shoulder ripping out. Okay, your grip is going to be heavily taxed, and the thing is, is your core is going to be on fire because it has to uh, distribute that, and one side's going to take the load because again, it has to distri- uh, distribute, uh, have equal distribution for that load, even though the load is only on one side. Plus, you're walking, and so you have to find that balance. Every time your leg hits the ground, it has to find that balance again. So, so many different things that are going on, and the other thing too is sometimes I like doing this. I'm careful when I do it, of course, is that I'll do these farmer work, farmer, pardon me, suitcase carries, and I'll purposely rotate my body to put the weight down and then twist my body again to pick that weight up. And so here's another example of where you're getting in further strength work, uh, strengthening the core by using rotational. Um, by focusing on rot- rotational strength as well. So um, lots of different stuff going on when you're doing this. So that was the example of a farmer carry and a suitcase carry where you're doing it that way. Some other examples that I love to do is, is a sandbag squeeze carry. And so just think of just like hugging a big, heavy-ass sandbag and just walking. Um, if, if you're a martial artist, if you do judo, if you do you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, hopefully right away you can see the carryover for that, uh, whether it be, you know, rear naked choke, being able to just, you know, get your grips in, uh, you know, get your seatbelt as you're going in for a back take and being able just to hold on and squeeze. And the other thing, too, is being able to breathe comfortably while doing that. So that's a huge thing, too. Uh, that's one example, sandbag squeeze. I like to do that. The other thing is a sandbag curl. And I'm not talking about literally curling it, but like holding that top position of a curl, but you've got that sandbag, like you're holding it. So it's kind of like a curl hug. And there might be a proper way to say that. I don't know. But anyway, it's just simply kind of bringing it up in front of you on your chest and having your arms up as if you're doing a big curl and walking. Again, this sucks. I mean, this is like, <laughs> these are not fun movements to do, all right, you know? But the thing is, this to me is going to equate 
to what some people call farmer strength. And so like the old days when you're like throwing hay, bales of hay, when you're out there digging, when you're just having to carry heavy shit and just do work. And what this is doing is not only building the body, it's building resilience, it's also building mental fortitude because this is one of those things where you are literally when you're doing it like, oh my God, this really kind of sucks. But you keep going for a little bit. And the thing is physical toughness, but there's a real mental toughness because I don't think any construction worker is going to say how much they love digging ditches. Oh, exactly. Right. But, you know, they do it and they get that work done. And it's it's also similar to like, you know, you know, because I'm from the country, you know, back there, you see a lot of. Guys, like when I was growing up, the actual farm boys, I wasn't a farm boy, but there are farm boys who they didn't do any other like weightlifting or anything like that. And they step on the football field and they just freaking dominated. Those are some tough mofos because they did all this work, you know, and they're like, you know, and then when they start lifting weights, they get just huge, which is they just got absolutely massive. Crazy, yeah. you know? But there's there's a thing to said. There's a thing to be said about that kind of strength. And so that's why I think these are great. There's some other things that I like to do. I'll put on a weight vest and I'll put on a heavy backpack and I'll just walk around. And um, that, for example, in the military, if you've ever been in the military, call that rucking and probably brings back some bad memories. But the thing is, it's like, can you haul heavy shit over a long distance and that's it. There's nothing tricky to it in terms of like doing it a particular way because your body figures out what it needs to do in order to do it. You just get the work done. And again, you're going to be getting stronger. It's going to be that functional real world strength. I hate saying that. And, but then also that mental fortitude. And so to be honest, really, that's kind of for me where that's at. Um, Andy knows this about me, but like, I like to challenge myself and I like to know like, if shit hits the fan that I am capable and I can do it, you know? And so that's why certain things like this, if I need to carry someone, you know, if uh, heaven forbid something happens, I want to be able to move a person, move a thing or do the certain things that I need to do. I don't train these all the time. I only train them from time to time. But over the years, I've been able to get to a point where I can perform these certain things. And again, it's a skill. And by knowing this, uh, it does breed confidence in knowing that you can do these certain things. Yeah. My first job in high school was uh, working for my father's company uh, as a plumbing assistant and, you know, carrying, you know, 10 foot lengths of cast iron pipe up and down yeah. stairwells. Yeah. For that's it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it didn't get me jacked or nothing, but uh, I developed a certain amount of skill with being able to manipulate objects, being able to move a thing, find where something has leverage and outside of any kind of strength building or whatever, even just that is yeah. just extremely valuable. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I can move just about any object. Yeah. And that's the thing. It teaches you how to, to not just, power through it 
but actually how to do it in a way that it's possible. And I, and I like that too. It's kind of like skill building, you know, and in terms of problem solving, you know, and yeah. things like that. So, so how do we check frequency and duration programming for loaded yeah, programming. Let's get into the program. Well, because it's very technical and complicated. Yeah, this is very technical. There, this is the way I like to do it. You know, there's, there's tons of different ways. If, if you were just wanting to do a full cycle on this, then you could actually do this a couple times a week. I, I, you know, Dan John mentioned this too. This isn't something where you might even want to do a couple times a week, once a week. Good enough. Okay. And so uh, one thing that, that I actually like to do, and it depends on my cycle, of course, or what, what I'm going through is I'll use it as a finisher. So like I'll do my workout and at the end of the workout, I'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to freaking carry something heavy for like five minutes. And, and I might not even make that five minutes because I'm just like, oh man, I'm dead. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and it's just like one, one thing it could be like, um, just like that sandbag hug and just do that. And that's it. You know, that's it for like that. I have that to my finisher and I do it a week and I'm done. It could be, um, you know, like a circuit where that could actually be your session for that day where you start off and you do like a farmer walks. So you got something in both hands and you do that for a minute and then you switch and you do a sandbag hug and you do that for a minute and you switch off between multiple things. Um, you know, that's one example of a circuit that you could do. That could be again, your entire thing. Uh, the other thing though, like right now is for me because this isn't programmed into my workouts. This is the thing for me right now where I'll just do this like a couple times a month and I'll just be like, and it's not, again, it's not programmed. It's just like, you know what today I feel like carrying some every shit and that's what I'll do. And, um, I even posted a video of the, of me doing this on Instagram where I put on a weight vest and I'll pick up, pick up my 20 kilogram kettlebell, which is 45 pounds. I think that's right. A 45 pound kettlebell in one hand and I'll go outside in front of my gym and I'll walk down the street. I'll put the kettlebell down, turn around, pick it up in my other hand and walk back down the street. And I'll do that until I'm done. And when am I done? Yeah. When I'm done, whenever, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> yep. just the thing, you know, working my grip, um, um, and just getting work done and, you know, entertaining the entire neighborhood. Cause they're like, there goes that weird freaking foreigner again. Yep. But, you know, again, it's, it's rather than trying to do a whole bunch of different stuff, I might just pick one thing and just do that. And I'm not worried too much about time per se. It's just, I'm just going to carry some stuff. Now, why am I doing this again? We've already covered why I think it's good, but going back from time to time and kind of just doing like a check on yourself and saying, all right, you know, where am I with this? And, you know, if I'm feeling a little, you know, spunky that day I might actually like do a little bit more or something but the thing is I'm not trying to kill myself it's just like it's kind of like a, a checkup again like you know how's this going and, and just making sure that I still have it if you will uh for whatever um yeah. I'm not trying to get big and jacked right. you all know that you know for me it's just that mental strength as well as the uh farmer boy strength uh Continue yeah, with and that that uh, just continued uh, you know affirmation that you've got you've got the capacity to do more than you need to do. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to get into doing some loaded carries and you don't have a kettlebell or a sandbag or want to 
It, you you don't want to go uh, full on, uh, you know, rocking, uh, you know, and buy the the fancy rucksacks with weights and stuff like that. So I I actually I have a small like nineteen liter backpack that I just filled up with uh, uh, a a few liter bottles of water and a couple of ankle weights I had lying around and a book to kind of keep them straight uh, in my back area. <laughs> That it doesn't shift around. And I think it's like about 20, 23 pounds or something. Uh, you, know, you can go more or less than that. It doesn't matter the weight so much, but all I do is I just keep that next to my door. Yeah. And when I'm leaving the house, I just look at it and decide if I want to wear it or not. I'm not trying to force myself or anything, right? Some trips, if I'm if I'm just like going to the convenience store and getting something real quick, yeah, I'll put it on because why not? If I think I'm going to be walking for like you know maybe a long time and it's the middle of the day and it's hot, I'm like, eh, I'm just going to leave it here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's up to you. But the the main thing is I have it prepared and just sitting there ready, and it's easy. It doesn't make me look like some weird exercise freak like Ryan, you know. <laughs> Uh, and I can just decide casually to put it on or not. And so I've found that more often than not, when I go out, I am putting it on. And that's been really great exercise the past few weeks for me that I've been enjoying. That is good. I, I want to say quickly, there's a couple points uh, to be made about that. So first off is that uh, you're not going for necessarily extended hikes with that heavy of a pack. No. That's an important thing to think about. If you are possibly training up for an extended um hike then uh first off start light and yeah. also make sure that you have a hip belt this is very important so that the load is not all on your shoulders but that you're distributing this weight so that it's throughout the rest of the body and at the hips you have a, a good hip belt to be able to distribute that load also the other thing too is learn how to load a backpack that's important um, where the weight should be distributed distributed uh, within that backpack. And the other thing too is that um, when you're doing weighted exercises, and again, coming back to the hiking portion of this, that um, every single day is not going to be good. Okay. So like <laughs> it's, it's doing heavy, heavy rucking is not actually good on the body to be done every single day. There are some groups out there that I will say that they've got some fabulous information. If you are interested and this sort of thing, Go Ruck, is yeah. is a company that they we're actually going to link to the Go Ruck guide to this yeah, on the on the great. website for this because it's they have a great. really great information area there that explains yeah. a lot. And um, it's fabulous as well. I will link to the Dan John article. Pardon me, I'm sorry. The Art of Manliness article, oh, right. in which uh, they reference Dan John. Um, yeah, we did a big thing for Art of Manliness years ago. But, but again, there's there's just a lot of things that can be said for walking as well as looking at uh, weighted walking. So a uh, couple examples, a lot of examples we gave you today. The thing is, don't complicate it. Keep it super simple no matter what you're doing. Uh, enjoy the process. And again, the more that you can walk, I think the better. And have fun with it. Anything else to add there, Andy? No, I think that really sums it up. And we, we can wrap it up here because uh, yeah. I think we talked about a lot of things. And I mean, the biggest thing is just that everyone knows how to walk. And yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it only it only has to suck if you really want to make it suck okay. for yourself. That's right. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Yeah. Secret secret technique. What's secret technique, man? I mean, we've talked about this before, but uh, the, if you really like, do no nothing else from this episode, just practice this breathing technique that we talked about a little bit today. You're you're going to be walking at some point in your life, you know, uh, and it's not hard to just start training yourself to breathe nasally by default. All you have to do is keep your mouth closed. If you want to go crazy and train yourself to sleep with your mouth closed, you might need to tape or, you know, there's like fancy wraps that they sell on Amazon. I just started thinking, keep your mouth closed when I laid down and it worked fine, you know, but learning to make nasal breathing your default, there are many benefits. We've talked about it before, but that is, that is the secret. Do it. It's good for you. Perfect. Love it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye.